So you've convinced a bunch of your friends to play Dungeons and Dragons, and they have told you that they're ready to play a campaign. You are the dungeon master, and you have started to craft your own campaign and your own story for them to interact with. So what's the next step? That's what we're here to talk about today. In the next step, you're going to want to do a session zero. And I'm going to give you all the tips and tricks you need to make a session zero incredible with five easy steps to help the process along and make your session zero one that will kickstart your campaign into an awesome adventure. Welcome to Dungeon Hunters Arcane Academy, and this is session zero. So our first tip is to set the expectations of the campaign and establish the social contract at the table. This could include things like no phones during the game unless you're checking D&D Beyond or some other resource for your character sheet. I would allow that at my table, but I try and limit as much outer world distractions as possible. So I put that into the social contract so that makes the players understand that this is one thing that we all abide by. That's inherently what the social contract is. Also, another thing that I think is important in the social contract is the idea of player buy-in. There may be times where something outside of the game forces us to break immersion a bit, say a funny joke or witty banter or emotional moments. At this moment, try and do your best to stay in character. That's something that I often tell my players. Another thing is to handle expectations in my session zero and to jumpstart my campaign. One of the things that I want to get across is what the world is like. For this, we can see a couple of different ways to do it. One is make a primer of your world, say two paragraphs to a page, and give a little taste of your world to the players. Talk about a couple of different regions. Talk about a couple of monsters or threats that are existing in the world. That may help your characters get jump-started as the players begin to create them. It's a good place to start. Another thing to help your expectations and social contract at the table is to make a open table policy. We see this in a lot of live streams on YouTube and Twitch, as well as home games that I personally run and Dungeon Hunters as well. And that is simply at any time if somebody needs to go to the bathroom or any such thing, they can stand up from the table and go without anybody feeling like it's disrupting the table. That's something that we all establish. Another thing is... If somebody might be triggered by a certain thing that might be happening in the campaign, at any time they can get up and walk away and take a moment to themselves if they need to. But we can try to avoid as much of that uncomfortability as possible with our next tip, which is setting your boundaries for the content in your campaign. This process is probably the most important in your session zero steps. I can't say it enough, this should not be glossed over, and it should be in every single session zero. And if people want to debate me, then I probably don't want to play at your table. Setting boundaries for the content in your adventure and your campaign world as a whole is extremely important to make sure everyone at your table is comfortable, feeling safe, and having a blast in the world that you have provided. Give you some examples, and this is a trigger warning for anybody that deals with things that trigger them. If you want to skip this part, I'll make sure to put the timestamps in there so that you can do so. In Dungeon Hunters, we want to avoid all sexual assault. We want to avoid racism, homophobia, and transphobia. By all means, I don't want it in my campaign world. Some of my players have had to deal with these things in their real lives, including myself, and 
I really don't want it in my world. This is a place for them to escape and have fun playing Dungeons and Dragons. I don't want them to have to deal with hate speech or any sort of uncomfortability in a world where they are the heroes and they are fighting for a common good. Now, you may, at your table, want slavers in your game so that the players have a villain to thwart and free the people that have been enslaved. That's fine for your table, but it's not for everybody, especially people who have had to deal with stuff like that in the real world as a minority group. Just try and be sensitive to other people that are at your table and have open communication with them as you set up the Session Zero and the campaign world as a whole. Make sure you listen to what your players are saying, not just to respond, but to actually understand. That's really imperative. And I'm not perfect. I've messed up a couple of times and not been sensitive to my players. But it's a learning experience, and I can say now I'm a better dungeon master having known the triggers of my players now and set up a campaign where at any time I can throw things at them and they won't be uncomfortable or, or feel like they need to step away from the table. It's really, really important that you set this in your session zero, and I would not gloss over it. Again, I think this is one of the most vital parts of the session zero, and I can't say that enough. Another big thing that you should consider when talking about the boundaries of your content in your campaign setting is talking about the graphic nature of your campaign, as well as possible romance for the PCs uh, to have with your NPCs. Ask them if they want romance in the game. If they say no, leave it at that. If they say yes, have a further conversation and draw hard lines on where to fade to black. Fading to black is, instead of describing a scene that happens, the lights fade to black, and whatever happens is for that player character to know, and nobody else. They can have it in their mind, they can envision whatever they want for it. But you don't have to go into detail. Also, talking about the graphic stuff in your content is a good place to start with the players to see if somebody might be a little squeamish. Perhaps they don't want a campaign where you say, you take your sword and you slice it into his carotid artery, right into his neck, and you saw in and rip off his head. Perhaps they just want you to say, yeah, your sword hits and does 10 damage. Talk to your players about it before you get really in-depth. You want to make sure that everybody is comfortable at the table with the content that you are providing. Tip number three is probably one of the coolest ones because you get to ask questions of your players. Kind of pertaining to the three pillars of D&D. If you don't know what the three pillars of D&D are, for me, in my viewpoint, it's combat, social interaction, and exploration and survival. I kind of grouped the last two together, but we'll get to that. Once you start talking to your players about the pillars of D&D that they enjoy, it allows you to hone in on them and make them really immersive and cinematic, which in turn will be really fun for everybody at the table. Trust me, once you take the time to flesh out the certain pillars that they enjoy, the players will definitely thank you for it. For instance, let's say your campaign really wants combat. Well, that's great. You can start making combat even more immersive and more cinematic and interactive than ever before. And there's easy tips to do this. You can start using the random encounter tables that are littered throughout the 5th edition modules. Trust me, they will come in handy and give a lot of cool stuff to throw at your players. Another thing you can do is mess with the terrain. Make the battlefield more interactive so that they can change the tides of battle. It's a whole lot of fun. And if they're looking for massive battles and warfare, there's so many great supplements to choose from that can really enhance that adventure. 
I think my favorite one is Matthew Colville's Kingdoms and Warfare book. I'll put the link in the description. I've used it, and I absolutely love it. But let's talk about some of the other pillars as well, and stay tuned for a cinematic combat video that I'll be releasing very, very soon. Maybe your players really enjoy social interaction in their D&D games, or are very interested in getting into roleplay. This is awesome, and I also don't think it's a weak pillar of D&D. After all, it is a tabletop role-playing game. Keep that in mind. But that's awesome. Where do we start as Dungeon Masters to really get immersed into our world and make different social interactions for the players to interact with? Well, we can start by fleshing out NPCs. And yeah, I bet you guessed it. I have an NPC video coming as well, and I can't wait to talk all about fleshing out your NPCs even more. Doing so can unlock different storylines that are spread throughout your campaign with different NPCs and the way they interact with the world as a whole. This is awesome for your players to explore. Dramatic tension, stress, horror, different sorts of political intrigue and subterfuge. Perhaps the players want to play as spies of a kingdom infiltrating an enemy kingdom and there's a Cold War kind of aspect going on and you want your players to get into that kingdom and see what's really going on. That's an awesome plot for a campaign and it'll really tap into that social interaction. A whole lot of conversations that are almost like combat encounters in themselves, just based on skill challenges that the players roll to interact with these NPCs, full of persuasion, deception checks, insight checks. That's one of the best parts of D&D, in my opinion. And it's awesome to watch Dungeon Masters craft worlds with NPCs that really do react to the players. But again, I'm going to save some tips of that for our NPC video. Can't wait. If your players tell you their favorite pillar of D&D is exploration and survival, buckle in. It's going to be really intense. But really awesome. Some Dungeon Masters struggle on how to flesh out this part of the pillar of D&D. But I've got a whole video coming specifically on exploration and survival that'll really increase the dramatic tension of ration tracking, water tracking, and traversing your world map. But let's get into some basic tips right now. Perhaps they're a campaign full of players that are archaeologists. They're traversing your world map looking at ancient ziggurats or temples to old dead gods or ruins of kingdoms long forgotten in ages past. That could be really fun, or maybe an even more survival-heavy game is what they're looking for. Perhaps they're the last remaining humanoids in the world that you've created, and the world is fraught with danger and monsters that want nothing more than to kill them. That could be really cool, or maybe it's a whole world full of zombies, and your players are trying to find a cure. Oh god, that could be really cool. I gotta take some notes real quick. Okay, sorry, I'm back. I just had to write down that outline for a 5th edition zombie survival game. I must run it. But, exploration and survival games really increase the skills that you are allowing your players to use that oftentimes get glossed over. Animal handling checks, history checks, perception, survival, nature, medicine, even insight checks come in handy. But, it's an awesome way to let those characters who choose those proficiencies to really shine. Plus, fleshing out locations and landmarks with narrative text and allowing breaks in the narrative text for your players to interact with what you're describing really makes for an awesome adventure, 
especially when they feel like they're living in this real world you've created. Just try not to break immersion too much by ranting, like I kind of do in these videos. Our fourth tip is probably one of the most fun and interactive parts of the Session Zero. It's crafting player characters with your players. This is a collaborative work that needs to happen in your Session Zero, but trust me, it's a whole lot of fun. You can talk to them about races, lineages, and different classes that they could pick for their characters. Perhaps they want to play a certain archetype of a character, but they want to see how it would fit into your world. This is where the players can bring you questions about your world, and you can help fit them into the mold that they want to create for their character. It's a whole lot of fun, and it enables you to do some light roleplay or possibly backstories with the character. It's a whole lot of fun. You can craft familial ties to this character that the player is going to be representing in the campaign. It's a whole lot of fun. What secrets do they have? What sort of history do they have with the certain kingdoms in the world? What are they playing? What's the end goal for the character? Perhaps knowing the end goal and working backwards is something the player wants to do with you collaboratively. This is awesome and it's really fun. Also, you can totally get into small little playtest sessions with the characters as long as they bring their dice and are ready to engage and work with you on some things. It's a whole lot of fun and I really suggest doing this in your session zero because it'll give them some sort of starting ground for their characters so that when you go into that first session and they're with the rest of the party, they'll really feel grounded and in character when the time comes. It's a whole lot of fun and trust me, you don't want to skip it. It's a great time. And our fifth and final tip for your session zero is probably my least favorite. It's the DM's pain. <sighs> it's setting a schedule with your players that has open communication. It's tough. It's really tough to try and find a day where everybody in the party can sit down, disconnect from the world, sacrifice a couple of hours to have a good time. Some people have real-world responsibilities and things that are outside of their control. But with open communication, as soon as a player knows that they can't make the session, if they give you adequate heads-up, you can start to plan the session without them involved. Whether that be the player is in the party, but you have taken over and you tell them about the session that you have planned, and they can tell you how their character would react to certain things, so that you're able to do that. I don't like running DMPCs, so usually what I would do is have that player go off and do a side quest and reward them for it by keeping them the same level as everybody else, whether you're doing XP or Milestone, so that they feel like they're still a part of the world. Maybe even craft some things that they get in that little side quest, whether it's information or a subtle trinket or something really cool for their character, perhaps unveiling a couple of secrets that they have been longing for. That's an awesome way to keep them in the loop and communicate with them about what's happening in the campaign, as well as making them feel like it's okay to miss a session without feeling like they've ruined part of the campaign. As long as there's open communication between you and your players, I assure you, everything will be okay. But please, please try and find time to play in our games. We work really hard to make them. And with that being said, that is the end of my tips for your Session Zero. I really want to hear some other things that you do in your Session Zeros in the comments below. 
I can't wait to see what else we come to create together. And I'm just really excited. Thank you for watching this episode of Dungeon Hunters Arcane Academy. I will see you the next time we decide to roll dice. Is he gone? I hope you enjoyed your little video. Perhaps you would like to like, comment, and subscribe down below and hit the little bell so that you get notified anytime Dungeon Hunters makes any sort of content. You don't want to miss their campaign that airs alternate Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, I need a debt paid. Sell me your soul. I mean, uh, support us on Patreon. Right here. The link will be in the description. I could use soul coins. I have coins, friend. Yes.